What is going on, everybody? Welcome into the latest episode of Quick Hits. My name is Blake Pace. It is Saturday, uh, November 21st. Uh, wild week. Uh, got a little sick this week, so this is actually the first pod since last Friday's episode where I did week 10 NFL uh, season picks against the spread with Teddy. Uh, just got really sick and got really busy with work and... I just I didn't have time to do it to be to be completely honest I needed to make sure that I was staying uh, well rested at night and and all that jazz so wasn't able to put out any pods this week it was kind of just of a shit show uh, but we are back uh, finally you know Teddy and I going out picking each game against the spread for week 11 of the NFL season it is so sad that we're at week 11 already. Um, I mean you think about it this regular season is almost done and I'm not ready to lose football again uh, so. Let's enjoy it while we can. Uh, I'm just going to kick it on over to my conversation with Teddy in just a few seconds. Make sure to uh, like, subscribe, leave a review on the podcast. I really appreciate the support. Um, and, and I will be doing some podcasts next week. We're trying to, me and Teddy are trying to figure out what to do with the Thanksgiving games. We might do an early recording um, and, and then kind of uh, maybe maybe we'll release it out on like a Wednesday or something. We, we still have to figure that out. But uh, we will go ahead and do that. Um, figure things out, but uh, please enjoy, um, and and let's go win some money. All right, here's my conversation with Teddy Pristash. And Ted, for the first podcast of the week for Quick Hits, we're bringing you back in week 11 of the NFL season, picks against the spread. Before we get to the slate, updates on the week. How are you doing, man? We're here at the end of the weekend. This is a podcast coming out on Saturday instead of Friday. Uh, we've made it work. How you doing? Yeah, I'm good, man. Uh, we got the uh, we're, we're recording this at night instead of in the morning, which I think is pretty fun, pretty good change of pace. Yeah. Um, I did want to. This is the first time that I'm recording the podcast while Hannah, my wonderful girlfriend, is here. So wanted to give oh, her a little shout out. Hannah Hepler. She also said to say hi. I didn't tell you that. Perfect. But, yeah. Hey, she hey, says hello, and to all the listeners, oh, hello okay. as well. Perfect. Um, and yeah, I just played potentially the last golf I'll play all season and I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, before we get into the updates of how we did last week, uh, just for a start of the week, what side were you on in Thursday night football between the, the Seahawks and the Cardinals? Yeah. So that was a game, obviously, if anyone has been listening to this podcast every week, they know that the Seahawks are my team. You love them. Um, I, I was in this weird state. I was thinking about it all day because um, I obviously I wanted to pick the Seahawks. Um, I taking Russ, especially off back to back losses. I thought it was just it was too good. But at the same time, the Seahawks have been disappointing me. These primetime games have all gone like opposite of the way that I picked them. So I was really nervous. So I was I was committed. I wasn't going to bet. And then about eight minutes before kickoff. I went on Seahawks minus three, so so I'm happy that I that I did that, so I can uh, stake my claim in that pick. But, Perfect. But yeah, I was on the Seahawks. Well, good. That's a good start to the week. I was on them too. Um, I was on the under. I don't know about you, but I. Look, I didn't pick the under, but I was saying all week I thought that was definitely going to be an under. I just uh, 58 points between those two. Everybody's just buying into it because of how many they put up last time. I just That's at awesome. some point you got to It's going to slow down a little bit. Um, but yeah, so, yeah. so good. So, you know, it won't count on the board, but we're technically off to a 1-0 start this week. So hopefully that means good things. Teddy, oh, yeah. I got to give you credit. First week that we've been doing this, you came out on top last week. Yes, uh, sir. You went 7-6. Yes, uh, I had a, a an awful week. I went 5-8. and eight. Um, 
Blake, I think that you need to uh, recheck your stats because I actually went seven, five, and one. What push did you get? The Bills plus two was a push. Oh, that is Bills good. The Cardinals. Yep. They saved us. It helped us with the push there. You're so right. All right, so yep, let, the, the let me update that because then I didn't go five and eight. I went five, seven, and one. Wow, look at us go. So let me just update this real quick yep. in the year-long standings. All right, so let's take a look now. So Teddy, you went seven, five, and one. I went five, seven, and one. On the year, you are sitting at 57, 61, and five. So just four games below 500. And then I am sitting at 67, 54, and two, my second push of the season. Thanks for catching me on that one. So not a great week for me, a good week for you. Uh, your first win over me this season. Um, and so, you know, I'm not going to let it happen again. I think we're going to be all over the place with this episode, so we'll have to see how it goes. But uh, I, I'm ready to stake. I'm ready to stake my claim back into being the uh, the guy that comes out on top. Uh, so we'll, we'll we'll see this. Yeah, this is a big week. Perfect. All right, so let's start off in Carolina then, uh, where the Detroit Lions are traveling to take on the Panthers. Lions sitting at four and five. Panthers three and seven. Ted, we were just talking before the show. The Panthers have somehow lost five straight games. I haven't. I I don't know. Why I didn't notice that, I, you know, they were three and two five weeks in, and everybody was like, "Oh, this is pretty quick." And then they've dropped five straight now. Um, they're sitting here as two-point underdogs to the Detroit Lions. There's a lot of injuries in this game. Kenny Galladay not playing, DeAndre Swift not playing, uh, Teddy Bridgewater. We are unsure where this is going to go at the moment. Um, Teddy, the line as I mentioned, Detroit minus two on the road. What are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, first I just want to touch on the fact that the uh, Panthers have lost their last five. I mean, you look at these games, other than that Tampa Bay loss last week, all one possession games. Um, I think, looking at it, I think they probably covered the spread against New Orleans, who they lost by three, um, and I know they did against Kansas City two weeks ago. They only lost by two. Um, so, obviously, for terms of their season in, in the real NFL, which is what matters at the end of the day, a five-game losing streak's not too great. But in terms of us betting, you know, it's all about against the spread. So, um, And then, obviously, injuries are going to be huge in this game. Um, Teddy Bridgewater not playing is not going to be ideal. Um, but I anticipate he is going to play. I'm hoping he plays um, mm -hmm. in Detroit. DeAndre Swift has come onto the scene strong. Um, and him not playing, I think, will be a huge blow. And obviously... We know my love for Kenny Galladay, um, and I don't like picking the Lions without him. So for me, I'm going to go Panthers plus two, um, hoping Teddy plays. But I think I think they'll be able to have their way with the Detroit defense and put up some points. Yeah, you know, you've really made me a buyer into the, okay, is Kenny Galladay playing or not? Okay, I'm not going to bet on, on the Lions those weeks. Not, only, not to mention just Kenny Galladay, DeAndre Swift, also Danny Amendola. So the wide receiving core is thin. Um, you know, Christian McCaffrey is going to be out again, um, and Teddy will be a game-time decision. There's a lot of other injuries on, on the Panthers right now that they're dealing with. Um, you know, you take a look at a tackle like Russell Okung, um, Tahir Whitehead, linebacker is questionable. Uh, but I'm going to go the same with you. I just don't see it. I don't know. It's, it's just the Detroit, when they don't have Kenny Galladay, the offense can't do anything. And so now you're not even saying, okay, we can rely on DeAndre Swift, who's come on strong, or we can go through the middle with Amendola. It's going to have to be Adrian Peterson and Marvin Jones against the Panthers. 
I think that this is a fun, you know, everybody likes to give shit to Matt Patricia and I do as well too because his defensive scheme um, or whatever he's been trying to do in Detroit has just not panned out in his time. Um, and I think Matt Rule and Joe Brady will have a pretty fun game plan to go against them. So I am going to be with you on this one. I'm going to take Carolina plus two. Um, think they went out right. Obviously, I feel way better about it if Teddy is playing. If he's not, I'm going to stay away from this game. Uh, but for the sake of, of picking right now, I'm going to go Panthers plus two. Definitely, and I would agree with that. Stay away with not right, playing. yeah, because it's just going to get messy. All right, so let's go down now to the uh, NFC South. Ted, I'm getting a little bit of feedback on your end. I don't know if we want to... Oh, oh, yeah. We should be good now. Make an adjustment. Sorry. All right, perfect. Great. So, yeah, like I said, NFC South matchup in New Orleans. The Atlanta Falcons, 3-6, and six, traveling to take on the 7-2 and two New Orleans Saints. Saints on a 5- or 6-game win streak at this point. Um, fun fact... Atlanta has won three of their last four games since making the head coaching switch uh, after they fired Dan Quinn. So they're they're three and one over the last month um, since uh, since Dan Quinn was fired. Saints make a surprising decision uh, today, announcing that Taysom Hill is going to be the starting quarterback. Sean Payton has come out and also said, "Okay, but we haven't really officially announced anything yet." So I know a lot of people are expecting Jameis, and then this morning the report came out it was going to be Taysom. Um, and then Sean Payton says, well, we're not going to tell you who it is. Uh, nonetheless, Saints 7-2, and two, Falcons 3-6. and six. The Saints are four-point favorites at home. Teddy, quarterback aside, does that matter to you in, in picking this, or do you think that the Saints are still uh, just far and away the better team? Yeah, I, no, not, not at all do I think that. Um, I, I really do. I think the Saints, these pass, obviously they're on what uh, – like you just said, six-game win streak, seven-game win Something streak. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, six games. But I really do think, I mean, other than that Tampa Bay game, there's no, like, great performance that has really grabbed me with these Saints. And you look at look at them. They're on a six-game win streak. They're finally, I mean, th- this will be Michael Thomas's third week back in a row. Hopefully he can finally start feeling healthy, get some full weeks of practice in. Um, and obviously start to turn it on but then you take away drew Brees, who's who's the guy who runs that offense and i really think that's going to hurt them um you look at last year teddy bridgewater came in and went five and oh but james winston is not uh is not teddy bridgewater how dare you Taysom hill sure as hell isn't uh teddy bridgewater um my thing with Taysom hill they came out with him starting today I like Taysom Hill. I feel like the whole world has this big, like, hate and, like, sure, maybe analytically, like... I hate him. He doesn't great, but I really think that he... I like the the way that Sean Payton has said, I don't care what all of you say, I'm going to continue doing this. And, and even in the games where people love to complain about it, Taysom Hill usually has a touchdown or a big play. <sighs> but when you look at what... I don't think Taysom Hill has thrown a single pass this year. So... If, if you want to have this, like, gadget back, like, tight end quarterback hybrid, that's great. But if you're not going to trust him to throw the ball at all in your gadget plays, it doesn't make much sense to me that they would then go, okay, well, we're going to start him over Jameis Winston. I think that this announcement that came out is obviously – who knows? I think it's going to be some smoke and mirrors. I think they're trying to confuse the Falcons, um, and they're really trying to just – mess up the game plan for him. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then I want to go to the Falcons. We got Matt Ryan playing in a dome, always a lock. They're 3-1, and one, like you said, over these past three weeks. And you look at the defense, four weeks in a row, a win against Minnesota, they let up 23. Lost to Detroit, they let up 23. Win against Carolina, they let up 17. Win against Denver, they let up 27. Like, the defense has been playing a lot better. Mm-hmm. Granted, those teams aren't the best, but Minnesota and Carolina and, and even Detroit have the potential of explosive offenses, you know? Yeah. Um, so, at the beginning of this week, this line was at Falcons plus seven. I hammered. I took that. I took the money line just because it was it was mm. juiced up. Now it's gone down a lot. We have it here at, at plus four. I'm still going to ride with the Falcons, and wow. I'm going to ride with the Falcons to win. Ooh, um, spicy. I, I, don't, I don't trust the uh, – I, I, I still don't trust the Saints. I don't care about the 16 win streak. I don't trust them, and especially without Drew Brees, I just can't do it. Okay, so so here's my thing. You you were gonna you were kind of persuading me at the beginning there. I was gonna buy in. I was gonna switch my pick, um, but we we see these two quarterbacks for the Saints completely different. I think Jameis is more talented than Teddy Bridgewater. I think he definitely is. Um, just a, a better thrower of the football. The turnovers is definitely the problem there, but when you're in Bruce Arians' offense, everybody turns the ball over because Bruce just wants you to chuck it deep. And I personally, I hate Taysom Hill. I think, you know, he's got, I think he's got four more tackles than he does pass attempts in his NFL career. Um, I, I just, I'm not a Taysom Hill guy. Here's my thing. When Drew Brees is the quarterback for the New Orleans Saints, we know what we're going to get. Teams know what they are going to get with the Saints. Um, And yes, the Saints still come up uh, on top and they win those games and and they've been on a great streak, but you know what the offense is. Sean Payton, all of this smoke and mirrors, like you're saying, no one has a clue what to prepare for. No one has an idea what this offense is going to look like. You know, what if it is Taysom Hill and it's just like when the Dolphins tried the Wildcat offense for a season and, and, you know, you caught teams off guard at the beginning of the season. Like, to me, this is the game where it's like nobody has a clue what's going to happen, so I'm going to put my faith in Sean Payton to figure it out and to really catch the Atlanta defense off guard. So I'm going to be on the Saints minus four here. Um, I don't, I don't love it just for the sake of like, I, you know, I could be betting on Taysom Hill if, if they decide to use him every single play of the game, but I just feel like Sean Payton is understanding that the other team has no idea what he's going to do this week. So he's going to use that to his advantage and really try and come up with something intricate and complicated. Um, and at the end of the day, I think it's going to work. I think they're the better team. Atlanta is one of those teams that just always hangs around because their offensive talent is so good. Um, but I'm going to start buying into the Saints a little more than I have been, and I'm going to say they win by more than four here. Yeah, and, and I just want to say one more thing about Jameis. Yeah. Um, I think Jameis, I mean, obviously you look at uh, some of his numbers, he obviously has the ability right. to, um, to make these like big plays and have these big games. Um, for me, though, when I think about the Saints and what they've been so successful with, Drew Brees every single year is at the bottom of the league in air yards because he, he likes those short passes to Michael Thomas, short passes to Alvin Kamara, right. and getting them in space. Mm-hmm. And not only do I not really think that that's Jameis's, like strength, it's but not. I also think he's going to be more inclined to to um, make mistakes when it's like, okay, my first read downfield is not there. Time to check it down to Kamara. I don't think mm-hmm. he'll have that in his head yeah. as quickly. Um, so that's just another thing. I think he's just more prone to mistakes. Right. And I think betting on Jameis' mistakes 
is always fair. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. he's going to have a couple. So, so, so that's just... No, and I, and I totally get what you're saying. I'm One thing that I kind of appreciated from watching him play the second half against uh, San Francisco last week was he was very conservative with the football, and he did check yep. down a lot. But also, at the same time, they had a double-digit lead at that point. So right. if, if it's a close game with the Falcons... Jameis is probably due for a, you know a late you know fourth quarter interception if it's a close game. It's just the way that he is. So, um, going to be a really interesting game. I think we had a lot of a, a lot of good viewpoints on that to to go for both of our sides. So hopefully the listeners out there were able to pick apart what what they like better. Um, so Ted, let's go on now to the next game. We're going to go to DC. Uh, two very bad football teams taking on each other in the nation's capital. The Cincinnati Bengals are two six and one. They're taking on the Washington football team sitting at two and seven. Ted, this is a matchup between the top two picks of this past year's draft, uh, Joe Burrow and Chase Young. I'm sure Chase Young will spend a lot of time in Joe Burrow's face on Sunday. Uh, we've got the Washington football team as one point favorites. Uh, it's a two six and one team against a two and seven team. Um, are you going to ride with Burrow here to be able to uh, hold off the Washington front seven, or do you think that defense is too much uh, for the Bengals' offense? Yeah, yeah, and and I'll just come out and say it. this is a real tough one for me. It I is. mean, you look at the line, and you can see even Vegas thinks it's going to be close. Um, my thing with the Bengals um, and Joe Burrow, obviously I have liked what I've seen from Joe Burrow in some games this year. He's gotten shut down a couple times. Um but, but I think that for me, when I'm when I'm betting against these um, rookie quarterbacks, I'm thinking about the other team's defensive line and will they be able to get to the quarterback and and, and force some pressure and force some mistakes out of him. And that's what scares me is because while I love the Bengals and their firepower, um, the football team. I mean, they do have that that pretty good defense, good front seven at least um, with Chase Young out there. So this one's tough for me. But at the end of the day, I just think that the Bengals have more firepower, mm-hmm. um, and I think that the Washington defense, especially in the secondary, is is not the best. Um, so I am going to pick the Bengals here, but I don't love it, um, and I'm definitely very scared. And this has been a, one of those picks that I've thought about for a long time. Um, but I just I, I do have confidence in Joe Burrow, and and you look at this Bengals season and where they've really had their their horrible games, and the only games where. Throughout, throughout week one, they only put up against their, they only put up thirteen against the Chargers. Mm-hmm. But then the only games where they had less than twenty points were Baltimore, where they had three, and then last week against the Steelers, where they had ten. Two very dominant defenses. Right. Um, I don't think the football team's defense is on par with those teams. Um, so I'm going to say that the Bengals can can get some things going on offense and, and get a win. Yeah, here's the thing. The Washington football team's defensive line in front seven is terrific, but their secondary is as bad as it gets out there. Um, you know, no discredit to, to any JMU alums, but, you know, Jimmy Moreland is a starting cornerback for the Washington football team, and I, and I loved him, but, you know, he's it, it's it's kind of like watching Ben DiNucci on Sunday Night Football, you know, playing right. for the Cowboys. It's a, it's, a, it's a different game up there when you take FCS to the NFL in some cases. Um, the, the Washington secondary is very bad. And, and Landon Collins, that contract has been ripped apart. It's a very bad deal just looking at it now. Um, he hasn't been you know, as great of a safety as you would hope when you pay him that much money. Um, so while I do believe that Washington will be able to put a lot of pressure on the, um, on the Bengals offense and Joe Burrow, I think you know, they'll be able to have some pretty good success against the Washington secondary. Uh, Joe Mixon is going to be out again. 
Uh, some reports that he might not be back for the rest of the season, so something to keep an eye on just in terms of you know the rest of the, the, the upcoming year for uh, Cincinnati. But you know, Gio Bernard hasn't been awful in his place. He's one of the better running uh, backup running backs to have in this league. Um, so I'm going to take the Bengals to win this one. I'm going to take them plus one. I agree with you. I just, you know, in in rookie quarterbacks, I always try and pick out like what if if a great rookie quarterback is is going to have a great rookie season and Burrow has been having a terrific rookie season, you need to beat the bad teams for me to to really think of you as a as a talent. You know, Andrew Luck was a guy, and the Colts roster was way better. So I don't want to try and harp on on you know comparing Luck to all of these new quarterbacks. But in Luck's rookie season, he led him to the playoffs. You know, he he was they were a playoff team from his rookie season on. Um, and not that the Bengals, you know, I, I don't want to try and shit on them. Their roster is way worse, uh, but I, I do need to see Joe, you know, step up and take care of these easy teams where their defense can be picked apart. Um, so I'm going to take I'm going to take the Bengals here. Uh, I agree with you. Take them plus one. Take them to win, um, and and hopefully we get a, a signature win uh, for for Burrow early on in his career. All right, so let's move on now, Ted. We talked a little bit about uh, before this game a very interesting line as well here. Uh, between the Houston Texans and the New England Patriots. This one is going to be played in Texas, um, as I'm pulling up on my screen right here. Where'd it go? There we go. So the New England Patriots sitting at 4-5. and five. Do they have momentum going now? Was it a fluky win over the Jets, and then they got lucky with the weather against the, the Ravens? Who knows? They're at 4-5. and five. I have no idea what to feel about their season right now, but they're taking on the Houston Texans, who are 2-7. and seven. Uh, One of the worst rosters in football, but have a top seven talent at quarterback in Deshaun Watson. Uh, Houston has allowed a almost 170 rushing yards per game this season, which is most in the NFL. Hey, the, the Patriots like to run the football. Damian Harris has been coming along strong, and Cam Newton also, um, you know, when he, when he wants to run, he can get his yards. Uh, the Patriots are only two-point favorites, Teddy. Uh, how do you feel about this line? How do you see this game playing out? Yeah, well, first, uh, I think it's interesting you say only two because I think that a lot of people um, expected the Patriots on the road here to be um, underdogs. Or, yeah, underdogs. Mm. Um, for me, this game's hard because, obviously, neither of these teams have been great this year. They've both been pretty bad. Um, and both defenses have been very bad. The Texans, obviously, have just been giving up points left and right. Um, and then... But the Patriots, whose statistics as a team look a lot better, um, but it's also very important when you're looking at the Patriots that they run one of the slowest offenses in the game in terms of like total plays per game. So if you look at the yards that they're giving up per play, it's on par with those with those bad, like worst in the NFL defenses. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's important to point it out. And the Texans with Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks, they obviously have at least guys who can explode and make those explosive plays. Um, but for me, when you look at this game, um, I think that it's going to, both offenses are going to at least be able to do what they need, that what they're trying to do. And I think that the way that the Patriots will slow the game down and just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, I think that that's just going to be too much. The Texans, they're sitting here 2-7, and seven and they have two wins against the Jaguars, you know? Right. Um, and, and last week they put up one touchdown against the Browns, which it, it, it just it's not going well in Houston right now. No. Um, so I'm going to ride with uh, Bill Belichick and ride with – the scheme that he can come up with and, and what I think at the end of the day is probably the better roster. 
Yeah, I'm completely with you. I think the Patriots minus two is um, it, it was an easy pick for me. I just when you think of what the Texans are really bad at defensively, it, it feeds right into the strengths of New England. You know, look, the passing offense is not good for the Patriots right now. It's been getting a little bit better with you know Jacoby Myers, you know, coming into form the last few weeks, but they don't need it because they have more than enough running backs to keep it going on the ground. They can do a lot of runs with Cam Newton. And you just keep Deshaun Watson off the field. You know, that's one of the greatest, the, the, the biggest thing that I always respect about the Patriots is whatever your, uh, whatever your, their opponent's number one strength is, they are just going to wipe it away. You know, whether it's, you know, how they wiped away Darren Waller at the beginning of the season or how they really limited Lamar Jackson. You know, that game you can toss up is like, okay, how much of it was the weather? How much was it the Patriots? Whether or not, you know, Lamar had a tough day uh, in New England. You know, the, the Chiefs for a while, Travis Kelsey didn't get going for a bit. They shut him down. Um, I think the number one strength, the number one way to limit this Texans offense is to just keep your offense out on the field longer. So I think it's a lot of runs. I think Deshaun is not going to have a lot of time to try and move the ball down the field. And, and I like the Patriots defense enough uh, to to be able to handle you know the subpar weapons that they have in Houston, so I'm going to ride with the Patriots minus two. Um, and Ted, we have now agreed on three out of four picks, so a, a lot of similarities to start off the early slate. Love it, love it. All right, so let's go to Cleveland now, uh, where the three five and one Philadelphia Eagles. Teddy, hats off to both of us for being all over the Giants this past week. Uh, you know, we we took them both uh, plus three and a half, and and they won pretty handsomely over the Philadelphia Eagles, who now fall to three five and one at a risk for still losing this division. Uh, and you take a look at their schedule, and it is brutal. And it starts this week by taking on the six and three Browns. Um, Philadelphia historically has done well against Cleveland. They've won five straight against the Browns, and this is also a a very big, um, you know, this is a significant moment in, in history for the Eagles because uh, the Browns were the team that they traded with so that they could draft Carson Wentz. Uh, the Browns had the number two pick that year. Of course, the Rams traded up to number one, and then the Browns at that time decided to trade away the pick to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, got a lot of assets on that to help start build their roster, and in return, the Eagles got Carson Wentz, who... Look, early on it looked great. Since then, it hasn't been fun. Uh, but now these two teams, you know, they're kind of intertwined to uh, to each other for a bit now because of that. So, taking on each other in Cleveland, the Browns are three point favorites. They are saying that on a neutral field, this is an even matchup. Uh, Teddy, are you riding with the Browns, who are now six and three and and have a good stretch of games coming up, or do you think that the Eagles can uh, get back to their winning ways and really try and and plant their stake in in winning the NFC East? Well, I'll tell you right now, I don't think the Eagles are going to do that. I think the Eagles are bad. They're so bad. Plain and simple. I don't think they're good. I hate Carson Wentz with my oh, whole heart. Hate. Um, and and you look at this game and you look at how, how do the Browns want to beat the Eagles, you know? They don't have Odell anymore. They obviously still have Baker and Jarvis and some other weapons they can use, but they want to beat the Eagles on the ground. They want to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and dominate. And yeah. and the Eagles have not had a good rush defense this year. Um, and I think I think people are inclined to think that the Eagles have a good um, defensive line just because some of the names they have, like Fletcher Cox and blah blah blah. But yeah. but they really have not done a good job against the run. No. Um, I heard a stat today. They're letting up fifty-two percent of their touchdowns that they've let up this year have been on the ground, which mm-hmm. is just like. A crazy number to me. Daily Fantasy um, screams for Nick Chubb this week. 
Definitely. And Kareem Hunt. I mean, they, yeah. they both are able to, to dominate. And so I just really think that I really think that the Browns are going to just dominate this game. This is one of my favorites of the week. I hate the Eagles. Give me Browns minus three. Yeah, to, to go off what you were saying, the Eagles are bottom 10, it looks like, in the NFL in rushing yards allowed per game. They're giving up 133 on the ground. Um, and look, we learned this past week, you know, even if it's an ugly game for the Cleveland Browns, they can pull it out by relying on the ground game. Nick Chubb was back in a huge way this past week. Uh, broke my heart on the minus three and a half on that last play. I also have him in a number of fantasy leagues, uh, especially the one, the dynasty league that we're in, Ted, I have Nick Chubb. So that him not going across the end zone on that play hurt me in so many different ways. Um, but I, I agree with you. Look, the Eagles are a bad team. Um, the one thing that worries me for Philadelphia is it seems like they're finally getting a little bit healthier. They're getting some guys back at receiver and defense. You know, the injury report, non-COVID you know COVID injuries aside, because I heard that they've got some stuff going on with COVID in terms of their receiving core. I mean, the, the injury report today, there's only one safety that's questionable. Um, and, and that's, of course, aside from COVID. But that's the one thing that would worry me is that maybe this is the time where the Eagles finally start to get in a groove. But I also think I said that last week, and then the, I was all over the Giants, and they, and they won pretty easily. So right. I'm with you. Browns minus three. Brown's going to be 7-3 and three at that point, uh, so it's a really, really interesting point for their season. they got to make sure they take care of these teams because there are some, there are some other wildcard teams hanging around. You know, They know they're not going to win the division. They're not going to be Pittsburgh or Baltimore, uh, but they do need to make sure they're winning these, these easy games to stay around You know, uh, the second-place team in the AFC South or the Las Vegas Raiders. You know, There are some teams that are still hanging around here, so uh, they'll definitely want to make sure that they can win this one um, and, and move to 7-3. and three. So... We're both on that. Browns minus three. Let's go to uh, the biggest. Well, Blake, Blake, yeah. Blake, here. Before we move on, I do just have to say I'm, I'm disappointed in you because the Browns minus three and a half shouldn't have hurt you last week because you should have bought the hook. I know. And so, and I think this is I think it, this is just so important, this Browns team, because you look at two of their last three games and the two that they've won three weeks ago against Cincinnati and then last week against Houston, they were both minus three and a half spreads for those games and then what do they do they win by three so yeah maybe that means we should have picked the plus three and a half but at the same time when you're putting in these bets by that half point especially you should never ever be taking a 3.5 spread ever because you don't want to win by a field goal and lose i just checked on my action network app i had a minus four that's what it was sure that sucks for you. Had but a minus four on there. My point still stands, though. No, no, it does. It does. Like, if you are going to bet, you should never, ever be looking at a three-and-a-half line and not pay up for that point. No, that's a, that's a great point. That's, that's some good gambling advice there from you, Ted. I appreciate that. Thanks. All right, perfect. So let's move on to the, uh, as I said, the biggest spread of the week. We've got an AFC or divisional round rematch from 2017. I... I, I None of the rosters are, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars, their roster is not the same as it was back then, uh, but that was the one year that they made it to the AFC title game. I think I blacked out when the Jaguars made the playoffs. Dude, they had they had the craziest game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. It went, um, I, I think both teams were in like the 40s with points. Like they just were scoring back and forth against each other. A really Jesus. weird game. Uh, but they're facing off for, I believe, the first time since then. Uh, Pittsburgh is 9-0. and The Jaguars are 1-8. and uh, And that one game was in week one of this NFL season. So they've lost eight straight now. Uh, the Steelers have not lost this season. On the road, they are still 10-point favorites. It's a big line. Pittsburgh can be scary sometimes. Uh, the Jaguars can run the football. 
Gardner Minshew may be back. Might be. I don't know what their whole deal is there. Um, he's listed as questionable for the game. Um, he isn't expected to be available to play, so you know it yeah, looks I like he it. could go back to Luton um, for a third game in a row now at this point. Uh, the line is sitting at 10. Teddy, uh, where are you going with this? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it would be irresponsible to not point out the fact that we have the Steelers sitting here at 9-0 and against a Jaguars team that hasn't won um, – that hasn't won since week one, and excuse me, and the Steelers are playing Baltimore this upcoming Thursday. So I think it's just very important to point out that this is the prime trap game narrative. Right. I mean, like all the pieces are there. You know, they're nine and zero. They've been dominating. They they have a big game against the big divisional opponent, former MVP. Like like all of those pieces are there. But I really do just think this Steelers team has just been so like well put together and, and has just been thriving these past few weeks and honestly this whole season. Mm-hmm. And I think at the beginning of the season when we were still a little underwhelmed by them and, and a little uh, not really sure, despite their like 4-0, 5-0 record, we weren't really sure where we wanted to go with it. But you, you also have to remember that they did not have all three of these receivers readily available to them throughout that whole beginning stretch. And I think that that having Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster and Chase Claypool all healthy and all out there really makes this a, a, a difficult team to um, to bet against. And and you're always talking about Juju Smith-Schuster and, and how you don't think he can be a number one. You think he can be a very successful number two. Yeah, I'm a hater. And, and you look at the games that he's played where Deontay Johnson is out there, the Steelers use Deontay Johnson the same way they used AB. I mean, obviously, he's not the same type of player, the product that he is, but right. they're using him in the offense as that number one receiver. Um, and he's got that speed. He can he can make things happen after the catch. And Juju has, has flourished, you know? Oh, yeah. And then Chase Claypool's sitting here and is also dominating. And then you take into the account that James Connors had a few down weeks. Maybe he's going to be looking to bounce back. I just I, I feel like the Steelers just have too many good pieces even just on offense and then you go over to their defense and i don't see the jaguars doing anything against them so so i'm gonna go with steelers minus 10 and a half i think it's a blowout i know these big spreads scare me but but i'm pretty confident in this one. Oh, i'm i'm torn because last week last week was the week that i said this is the trap game joe burrow coming into town he's gonna get that staple win over pittsburgh he's the future quarterback of that division, him and Lamar Jackson, um, and and the Steelers humiliated them, 36-10. to 10. Huh, So now I take a look at the Jaguars. They've got a less um, talented quarterback than Joe Burrow. Offensive line is better, but not that much better. Uh, they do have a better run game, in my opinion, just because of you know the availability of, of a guy like James Robinson and how Joe and Gio might be a better tandem, but you know they've been banged up. Um, shit. Where am I going to go with this? I, I, I have written down Jaguars plus 10. I'm going to stick with it. Fuck the Steelers. I guess I'm just going to make them my team this year that I just keep betting against until I... I know. What a wild team to, to do that with. I know. The, the only undefeated team in the league. <laughs> I, I'm just so unimpressed by them at times. Just like, I mean, you know, how do you only beat the Cowboys by five points? 
How do you only beat the Eagles by nine or the Texans yeah, by seven? Right, Blake, and I think I think if you look at if you looked at this team at the beginning of the year, I think obviously you would say, yeah, they'll be pretty good. But no one expected this, you know. But, I know. But at, it, <laughs> at some point, they have to lose, right? I mean, they look, do. look at their schedule. They've got the Jaguars, the Ravens, the Washington Football Team, and then they finish off the last month with the Bills, Bengals, Colts, and Browns. I'm not saying they're going to lose to the Jaguars. I'm just going to say that it's it's within single digits. I don't love it because Jacksonville is 1-8. They're literally one of the worst teams in football on their backup quarterback. But I'm just going to stick with what I have. I, I have no reason to believe this other than I'm just betting for the Steelers to shit the bet again as they have throughout the season. God. I, I love it, man. I, I hate that that's, I'm doing it. That's true betting analysis right there. Yeah, honestly. And, and you know, there's one other team we're going to talk about in, in two games that I just need to stop betting on, so we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. But before we do, let's go talk about the Ravens. Uh, really exciting matchup in Baltimore. Uh, two six and three teams, the Tennessee Titans traveling to take on the Ravens. Uh, the Ravens have surprisingly only allowed 18.3 points per game this season. Uh, they have the best scoring defense in the NFL. The Titans started off the season looking great. Since then, the defense has looked really bad, and it's been a lot of the offense having to carry most of their work. Uh, they most recently, you know, were, were doubled up on by the Colts. Uh, the Ravens most recently are trying to rebound from that loss to New England, where they lost 24 to 10. The Ravens at home are five-point favorites. Ted, what's your breakdown of this one? Yeah, so I, I do have a little um, apology to give because Let's hear I lied earlier. I said I got the Falcons at plus seven. I actually have the Falcons at plus five. They're at plus four now. The Titans are sitting here at plus five. I took them at plus seven oh, at the beginning okay. of the week. So I apologize for that. But I, I really think that this is a miss. I, I really, the Ravens, you think about what the Ravens have done this season. And sure, they're six and three. I mean, all of their losses, they lost to Kansas City early in the year by, by two touchdowns, but their other two losses have both been in close, tight games last week against New England. Sure, there's the weather, but, but in my opinion, the Ravens, similar to the Patriots, granted, but the Ravens are the type of team that, that in a game where it's raining and you have to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, that should be a game that you win. You like that's your strongest point of your offense. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, they're playing the Patriots. They probably were playing heavy on the run, sure. But but despite the Ravens and the way they've played this year, I truly think that they've been underwhelming. And you go back to to that when when they were sitting at four and one, and and me and you are both talking and we're saying, well, they seem like they've been underwhelming, but they've dominated almost every game they've played. But I just I, I really I'm not bought in. Lamar Jackson has has yet to show us a, a dominant passing game. Um, oh, yeah. Now, obviously, we go to the flip side, and the Titans have been the most inconsistent team. Um, I didn't go back and, and find the numbers, but I think it's very possible that I've been on the wrong side of the Titans every week. I'm going to look because, at you. Because I know that I started 0-4 betting on them, and then I'm pretty sure – Yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty sure I – pick the wrong side every time we'll but, but i really think i think this should be like a two or a three point spread for the ravens hmm. i think the titans have the talent obviously they've been inconsistent but they have the talent to put up points against anyone and you look at, at the patriots and what they did running the ball last week and that worries me a little especially when they're about to go up against the best running back in the league so so i really think i think the titans win and i'm picking i'm 
I think the Titans cover, and I'm picking them to win. Wow. Teddy, you are dropping some stuff on me this week, man. I know. Holy I just shit. love the Titans, though. I'm on the opposite <laughs> side of you. Man, I, I am. I, I love I love the Ravens here. Um, and just for the reason, like, so so the Patriots, the Patriots definitely got their run game going against Baltimore. But aside from that, the Ravens' defense has been so solid this year. Um, to me, the Patriots are just one of those teams that they're, they're one of the most physical football teams in the game. And, and not just from a running back perspective, from an offensive line perspective, tight ends, fullback, quarterback this year with Cam Newton. Whereas the Titans, to me, it's Derrick Henry. The offensive line has not been as good as it was last year. There's also injuries on the offensive line. You know, the tight ends aren't physical guys. Jonu Smith is more of that pass-catching tight end. Um, I I think the Ravens here, I I think the Ravens can win this one. I'm going to take a minus five. I think the offense... The, the Ravens' offense is going to have a great, great day against this Titans' defense. This Titans' defense is atrocious. It's so bad. Um, and, and just on all three levels, too. You know, I have more faith in the secondary than anything, but I think the front seven is, is so shaky. They've sent home vets, you know, halfway through the season because they didn't love their effort. It's just empty in the front seven right now, um, outside of a couple guys. You know, there's a, a young... Uh, Harold Landry, who's a second-year guy, third-year guy at this point at defensive tackle. They've got, they've got certain guys up front that I really like, uh, but as a unit, they just haven't been performing well. Um, I think the Ravens will get back into a rhythm. I still think they're one of the top four teams in the AFC right now. Probably, you know, I'd say it's still Kansas City, Pittsburgh, and, and I'd probably go Baltimore as the third best at that point. I think they can really expose this Titans defense. Um, and I think they'll get back into a good groove. I look. I'm I'm down on Lamar. I I am. Uh, you know, this season has kind of been. You know, I I hinted at that. Like, look, last year was an anomaly. He caught the league by storm. And you know, not to compare him because I think he's a better quarterback. But what happens when these quarterbacks do something different on offense and catch a surprise for a season? And what what always happens to him? What happened to Cam eventually? What happened to Kaepernick eventually? What happened to Vic eventually? Like eventually defenses figure out what you are. And, and if you can't be as prolific as a passer as you are a runner, then I think it, at some day it's going to come to an end. So I'm, I'm, I'm down on Lamar, uh, but I think that this is a, a good enough matchup for them. So I'm going to take the Ravens uh, minus five here. Um, and, and I think they just, I think they got to get back on a roll at some point. You know, they, they faced a really tough defense in the Colts. Then they faced a really tough defense um, in, in uh, you know, they faced tough defenses like the Steelers, the Patriots. The Titans' defense is not any of those. And so I think they'll be able to put up a lot of points this week. Yeah, and, and I just want to talk about Lamar real quick. I mean, listen, I love Lamar Jackson, and what he did in the league last year was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But but you are so correct. It's a, it's a tale as old as time. Like, how many times have we seen these guys, these running quarterbacks come in, and, and it's like, it's like wow like no one's ever going to be able to stop them but i mean you give you give some of these greatest head coaches and greatest defensive coaches in the world a 16 games of film to work off of and, and they can figure it out exactly. and then it comes back to okay well how well can you throw the ball and that's why patrick mahomes has been and will be successful forever is because yeah he does things a little differently and you say oh well maybe they'll maybe they'll figure out the way he plays but he also just is at such a higher level mm-hmm. as a quarterback that I just don't think Lamar's at. Right. Um, and and I also just want to throw in, I, I do think you're right. I think this is going to be a game where the Ravens offense looks a little better. Um, and I think the Titans 
in order to do what I think they're going to do, they're also going to have to score. So the over of this game is at 49.5 right now. That's I'm it? liking that. Um, obviously, the, 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 the teams and the way they run the ball and kind of slow the game down, that kind of scares me. But, mm. but in terms of... Um, I, I really just do think both these offenses are going to score this week. So, yeah. so I just want to throw that in as a little extra pick. No, I like that. Weather aside for me, because weather's been dicking me over with some of these bets. Yeah, I, I keep like not paying attention to that and then right. losing. It's yeah, so as long, as long as the weather's good, I agree with you there. I think the over on that is really nice. And, and Ted, you know... It, not to you know take this this conversation and be a long one about Lamar Jackson, but you know as you said, a guy like Pat Mahomes, he's a he's a great quarterback. First, another guy right now that we just got to watch last night. It wasn't his best game ever, uh, but Kyler Murray's a guy. I just watch him throw the football, and it's like okay, he he's electric as a runner, but man, that guy has an amazing arm. And so that's yeah. why long term, I'm like I would rather have a guy like Kyler than I would Lamar at this point. Um, that's one last nugget too. Just going off of what you were saying about teams figuring out Lamar Jackson at this point, this is Greg Roman all over again from when he was in San Francisco. He was the offensive coordinator for Colin Kaepernick, and it took about a year and a half before defenses started figuring out how to defend Colin Kaepernick and that offense, and then it went to shit. And not to say that it's gone to shit, because Lamar, to me, is more talented than Kaepernick, obviously, but that's why you know we're at a point where we're like, ooh, Lamar's having a very down year. Teams figure it out eventually. You have to be able to adapt. You have to be able to change it up. And, and Greg Roman hasn't to this point. And I, I think it's, it's you know, twice now that we've seen it throughout his career where he just can't evolve the offense. He'll catch you off guard for a year and a half, and then defenses figure him out. So they're going to have an uphill battle. I agree. I think they get it taken care of. You're on the side of the Titans, but let's move along now. Um, we're going to go – are we in the late afternoon slate at this point? Yes, we are. So we've got the, the uh, 4 o'clock games here. Uh, we're going to go to Denver first, uh, where, Ted, this is the team I was talking about. The, well, the, uh, the Denver Broncos now 3-6. and six. They've lost three out of their last four games. Um, I, they're, they're a team that, I, for some reason, I've just been betting on them to cover, and every single week they shit the bed. They got blown out by the Raiders. I told you to stop. I told you to stop. I know. I know. You told me last week, and I told you last week would be the last time, um, and so that's, a, that's a, you know, obviously where I'm going to be going this week. The Miami Dolphins now, 6-3. and three. Uh, they open up as three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Uh, the Dolphins have been getting things going. Um, one of the hottest teams in the NFL right now. I love to see it because I love Brian Flores. Um, Teddy, Dolphins minus three-and-a-half. I, I feel like this is a pretty easy one to pick. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with you. I just think that the Broncos have been very, very, very terrible. Um, I think I said it a couple weeks ago that they were – one of the most disappointing teams this season in terms of just expectations. Mm -hmm. And I think too, a lot of people had a lot of confidence in Drew Locke and him kind of seeming like he's not going to pan out is definitely a little upsetting, but I think that we have to be realistic. Oh yeah. Um, And, and the dolphins, I mean, Hey, look at them go They're They're on a five game win streak. And to be honest with you, if they win this one, then they follow that up with a game against the jets and a game against the Bengals before they have to go into Kansas City, New England, Raiders, and Buffalo. So, I mean, they could be sitting here in three weeks, sitting at uh, sitting at nine and three, maybe. Man. I mean, I think maybe odds are they drop one of those, but but who knows, you know? Is but this the I, one at the end of the drop? day, I just... Oh, what'd you say? Is this the one that they drop? Like, oh, this is so frustrating. Right, exactly. I mean, maybe it is, but... but at the end of the day, I'm going to stick with really what I believe. You know, I'm, I'm 
like I said, like I said about a couple other teams, I don't want to play the game of yeah. oh well, I think they'll win, but maybe they'll lose. You know, right. I, I think the Dolphins have done exactly what what your rant two weeks ago and and throughout this whole season has been, and they've just been a better coached team than these other teams that they've been playing, and their defense is just playing at a good level. Mm-hmm. And I think the Broncos, Drew Locke might not even play this week. I think it's looking like he's going to, but he might not even play. And so. I'm not going to mess around with the Broncos. I'm going with the Dolphins, and I think we really need to keep our eye because they're turning into a very legitimate playoff contender. No, they are. You have to take them seriously. Um, the 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 one thing that worries me is that Denver is a very physical defense up front, um, and a very physical defense like the Rams definitely limited the Dolphins' offense. You know, into his debut, but that was also his first game. He was getting his feet wet. Um, I didn't love his performance this past week, but it was good enough, and, and it was better than his first start. Um, but, you know, it, it was a, you know, he's just one of those guys. I'm going to keep watching through the rest of the season before I feel, like, super confident about moving forward. I think at the very least, though, he doesn't need to be great. He doesn't need to be a great quarterback. It, it, look, you know, it's, it's just these situations where if you have a really good team and you're really well coached, the quarterback position isn't as important when you're the Texans and you have – an empty roster, but you have Deshaun Watson. You know, when you have a really good roster and a really good coaching staff, the quarterback isn't as important. Um, So, look, I'm going to go on the flip side. I'm going to take Dolphins minus three and a half. Of course, this will be the one where, like, the the Broncos end up losing by three and I get pissed off because I should have bet on them to cover because I I have been all season. But they've just continuously fucked me. So I'm just going to go with the Dolphins here. I'm going to buy into the better team. Uh, and say that they can win by more than three and a half. All right, Ted, let's go talk about your New York Jets. They're traveling we go. out west to Los Angeles. Uh, they are 0-9, the only winless team in football um, through this point of the season. This might be one of the best shots they have of getting a win this year. They are taking on the 2-7 and seven Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, just a fun stat for you, Joe Flacco is 2-12 and 12 in his last 14 starts. Um, the Jets are nine and a half point underdogs to the Chargers. So the line is sitting at Chargers minus nine and a half. Teddy, as a Jets fan, is this going to be in the single digits? Are they going to win? How do you feel about this game? Blake, I have a recommendation for your podcast. Let's hear and it. I think that we need to implement a soundboard because I would love some air horns after I drop this bomb. Oh, let's hear but it. But <laughs> for the first time of the season... I am riding with the Jets. Hell yeah. Plus nine and a half against the two and seven Chargers. Now listen, the Jets stick. They do. We all know it. Yep. The Chargers, still, last week, an eight-point loss against Miami. So still, every loss, all seven of their losses are all one-possession losses, which is heartbreaking at the end of the day. But I, I, regardless of them winning or losing, they have a young quarterback they have maybe not the best coach for that team. And and I, it kind of makes sense to me that they're losing these close games. Yes. So yeah. going into this week, do I think the Jets with Joe Flacco or really even Sam Darnold are going to beat the Chargers? No, I don't. But I do think last week against the Patriots at least gave me some hope that the Jets are going to be able to score points now that they finally have their three starting receivers healthy, Brashad Perriman, Denzel Mims and Jameson Crowder, something that Sam Darnold has yet to have this season. Yeah, and and I also think that look, I think the Chargers are going to get a win here. I do, but I do not think it's going to be by double digits, and I do not think it's going to be by ten or more. Um, 
so obviously I'm a Jets fan. Last week it got me a little excited. I'm definitely happy they lost, but I was excited to see them actually put up some points. Rashad Perriman having two touchdowns, both on deep shots. Like that's why we paid that guy nine million dollars or whatever it was. And Denzel Mims is is coming into his own, and I think one of these games he's going to end up breaking out. Mm-hmm. And I think this could be one of those games where he gets his first touchdown, has five plus receptions, has over like 60 yards or something, you know, just like a very like, okay, you're here, you've arrived, you you get your good, your good game out of the way. And now you can start rolling. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Um, so, so listen, I think the chargers are going to win this game. I like the chargers. I like Justin Herbert. And I honestly am pretty upset that everyone's being so mean to him about his haircut. <laughs> I because know. If I got a haircut Jesus and Christ. everyone was posting on Twitter, making fun of me, I'd be like pretty sad to be honest with you. Yeah. What the um, I never got right? it. And it's like all these like beat writers, like all these Jets beat writers are like making jokes. It's like, dude, really? Like, you're, I'd like really be sad. You're an adult. But, uh, why, are we, why do we care about other people's haircuts? Right. Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. get it. But regardless, I'm riding with the Jets. It feels good to pick them for the first time this season. Hopefully they don't screw me, but well, but I'm going to ride with the Jets here. Well, hey, Ted, and, and, you know, going off of that, you know, people were starting to, you know, have some rumblings that I might have been the bigger Jets fan than you because I've bet on them uh, once or twice already this season. Um, I did hear those rumblings. So, you know, they were saying, you know, maybe Blake, he's the bigger Jets fan than Teddy. Um, and look, through this point to the season, I still have bet on them more than you have. So I am going to go with the Jets plus nine and a half here as well, too. This line made absolutely no sense to me at all. Um, I am all about Justin Herbert shredding this secondary. Do not get me wrong. He is going to have it so easy. I mean, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry, everybody else there against the scrubs that are on this Jets secondary. You guys are cutting guys left and right. Uh, First, it was former Colts cornerback, uh, oh, uh, Wilson, Quincy Wilson. Then the following week, it's Pierre Desir, former Colts cornerback. You guys have nobody back there. So I think Herbert's going to have a field day, but this Chargers team is one of the worst coached teams in the league, in my opinion. Uh, those those single-digit losses, it's, it's poor situational football, and you blame that on the coaching staff to me. Um, so I'm all over Jets plus 9.5. I love it. I think the Chargers win, so don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say that I think the Jets are going to win here. I think the Chargers win by a touchdown, but by 10, I, that's just too much for me. So I, I'm, I'm with the Jets plus nine and a half as well. I love it. Love okay. it. We're Jets podcast, finally. An official Jets weeks. podcast. Yep, it took us this long to get there. All right, so Ted, let's move on to Minnesota now, where the Dallas Cowboys, two and seven, uh, fresh off of their loss to the Dallas, or sorry, to the Pittsburgh Steelers two weeks ago. Um, and then, what did... Did they play last week or were they on a bye? I think they're on a bye. Yeah, they're on a bye week for the Cowboys. So they're coming back off the bye, sitting at 2-7. and seven. They're going to Minnesota to take on the 4-5 and five Vikings. Teddy, the Vikings, they've got things rolling after a pretty shitty start. It, it was so funny. A couple weeks ago, they started trading away some of their, their heavy salary guys. And, and, you know, they trade away Yannick Ngakwe. They sent him to Baltimore, you know, one of their better defensive players. And then they start winning these games. It's like, wait, maybe we should have had them if we thought we were going to start winning here. Uh, they get the win over the Bears on Monday Night Football. One game below 500. Um, they've won three straight after starting the season one and five. They are opening up as seven-point favorites to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, how do you see this one playing out in Minnesota? Yeah, um, I've been loving Minnesota these past couple weeks. It's I, I think I've been riding them. I at least had them last week, and I, and I do just love to uh, – 
I love to see them work, you know, because I do. I like Justin Jefferson. I love love Dalvin Cook. Like Thielen a lot, and and you know, Kirk Cousins. Everyone hates on him. You might as well support him a little bit. Yeah. Um, for me, this one's really easy, and and it comes down to one thing, and that's Dalvin Cook, and especially against this Cowboys defense that has done nothing. I mean, you take a what like what's the big joke with the Cowboys every year? It's that Jerry Jones is is going to use all of his money that he has to, to get this high-powered offense, and then he's going to have, like, papier-mâché dolls as his defense, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and these, I really think this Vikings offense is just going to take advantage of that. I think Dalvin Cook, again, is just going to run all over um, this defense, and uh, there's just not much here for me. Is Andy Dalton even going to play? Yeah, no. he's back. He's back. He's back. All right, well, I don't really care. I hate Andy Dalton anyway, <laughs> so... Vikings minus seven. I, obviously, the Cowboys will hope to be a little more competitive, but Andy Dalton's first start didn't go great, so I'm not going to ride on that. Yeah, Ted, I am going to be on the opposite side here. Um, I I don't even know why necessarily. I just I think that getting Dalton back is a plus compared to what they've been able to put out there the last few weeks. Um, I yeah, think coming off, I think coming off the bye as well is a is a good time to be catching a Minnesota team that had one f- fewer day to prep. You know, playing on Monday night and then going to a Sunday. Dallas is very well rested at this point. Um, look, you know, I, I just I think at the end of the day, I think this is this is just the right time to cash in against the Vikings. They do have a win streak going now. I just have a feeling that this one's going to be a little bit closer. I still think they win it. I think they win it by, you know, maybe three or four. Um, I don't have a whole lot to say that I feel confident in with it, other than I, I think that the, the big thing to point out is to where Dallas may have a little bit more of a rhythm is the Vikings' pass defense is actually really bad. It's not good this year. I, I think they're good against the run, but, I mean, you take a look. The Falcons, they gave up 40 points. A lot of that was through the air. Um, The Titans put up 31. The Seahawks, 27. Uh, Week one, the Packers put up 43. High-power passing offenses do well against this team, and and the Cowboys do not have a high-power passing offense without Dak Prescott, but I do like Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, um, and CeeDee Lamb in there. So I think they'll be able to get some points on the board. Um, and maybe this is a game where I say, hey, you definitely should take the over. I don't know what it's currently at. But I'm going to say that the, the Vikings win this one at home. They'll get to 5-5. Five and five, But I don't think it'll be by more than a touchdown. Yeah, I, I just want to go off, off a little tangent on that. You, you kind of said, like, you like the Cowboys. Not really sure why in terms of, like, analysis or statistics, whatever it is. And I, I just I, I think that's very important when we um, when we're like they play these games for a reason. You know what I mean? Like you can't just sit there. Take take the uh, the Steelers game this week. You can't just sit there and say, okay, well the Steelers are nine and zero. The Jaguars are one and eight. The Steelers are going to win. You know what I mean? Like they, mm-hmm. so, there's more to this game than just oh, what have they done in the past and like what do we project? So I do think just in terms of betting overall, there's nothing wrong with just having, you know, like, it's a field pick. It's, yeah. I think that the Cowboys are going to cover, you know? So yeah. I just think, for anyone listening, it, it, it doesn't always have to be so, like, here's why I think this, you know? And I think that sometimes when you try to get too in your head about, oh, what are the statistics, blah, 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 mm-hmm. that's when you can start to screw yourself. And when you're, when you're, if you're a guy who sits down and watches football every week and watches Red Zone or watches all the games, whatever you do, you probably know a decent amount about, amount about football, you know? Right. And so if you feel like the Cowboys, who have been the worst team in the league over these past four weeks or whatever it's been, 
are going to cover it, you know? Like, I don't hate the feel move to do it. And I just think that's just, I just wanted to point that out. No, yeah, that's a, that's a great point to make. And, and I think, you know, when we saw Andy Dalton play for the first time, that was against the Cardinals, I believe, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. I believe it was a Monday night football game. Cardinals are a good team now. You know, we see where they're sitting at. They've got a good record. They're a good team. Um, I, with, with this one, you know, and with these games where I just kind of have a little bit of a feeling, it's like, where does your best strength play into against the opposition? And to me, the best strength for them is the passing game with their talented receivers. Uh, and, and the Vikings, I pulled it up, they are the sixth worst team in the NFL defending the pass. You know, they give up 270 yards a game um, through the air. They're also not in, terribly impressed. They're, they're pretty good against the run, um, you know, giving up about 100 and, and let's see, where is it? Oh, I just lost it, so I'm just going to skip over the fact that I was That's talking tough. about it. Don't you hate when you just are pulling up a number? Okay, there we go, 115 yards a game. So they're they're not terrible against the run, but they're really bad against the pass. Uh, so I, I would take the over more than anything in this game. Um, but I, I'm just, I just don't think that, you know, I, I just don't see it being a blowout win for the Vikings. Yep. All right, Ted, so now we got to talk about this game here. Uh, you know, one of the games of the week, you know, we've got some really great primetime games, um, especially to finish it out. The last three games of the slate are phenomenal. Uh, we've got a really fun matchup in Indianapolis uh, where my Colts, uh, sitting at 6-3, and three, coming off of a, a long week, uh, extra week of prep because uh, they faced the Titans on Thursday Night Football last. They're hosting the 7-2 and two Packers. Uh, who, you know, kind of, it, it didn't look great against the Jaguars, to, to, yeah. to put it plain and simple. Um, you know, the Colts now have allowed 290 total yards per game this season, which is fewest in the NFL. Packers, obviously, when their offense is rolling, it can roll uh, with Aaron, uh, Aaron Jones, uh, Devontae Adams. There's a lot of talent on that offense. Uh, this one, I was surprised about the line when it first came out. We've got it at Colts minus one and a half. Uh, Teddy... Tell me why I shouldn't be betting on my team this week. <laughs> yeah, listen, this, 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 it, it's a tough one because both of these teams have flashed dominance, greatness, you know, and, and, and then they, both of these teams have come up short against bad teams that yeah. they should beat and blow out, you yeah. know, um, which, which makes it hard when you're sitting here. For me, though, and, and I know this kind of has to be a tough one for you because I know that you love your Aaron Rodgers. Oh, um, so much. The only thing that scares me about picking the Packers here, which is what I'm going to do, is is the, the excuse me their run defense because it has been so atrocious this entire year, mm-hmm. and that's scary. And especially the Colts. I mean, it, I'm a fantasy guy, so when I think about the Colts running backs, I don't think about these like big studs. But they have three guys who can all get it done, you right. know. And if they're all working together, what's the difference, you know? If if, if those three guys can run all over the Packers, that's going to be a problem. Um, but at the end of the day, like you just said as well, um, Aaron Rodgers, he can do anything against anyone. The Colts, sure, they have a great defense, maybe the best in the league, but I am not going to be scared off against picking the Packers just because of the Colts' defense. And at the end of the day, I think their offense is just better. Um, and especially after a bad look, look or a bad win where they didn't cover to Jacksonville, I do think they're going to come out firing. So I, I like the Packers here. Obviously, i got to give a lot of respect to the Colts. This is a tough one for me, but but I like the Packers, especially plus points. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I really do. I'm just going to bet on the Colts here as, as me just being a homer um, and just thinking that I, I believe that the Colts, A, will not have to blitz to be able to put pressure on Aaron Rodgers. I think their four-man rush will be uh, plenty of help to get pressure on the quarterback, um, especially we are getting our, our second-best edge rusher back who hasn't been here all season. Uh, Taekwon Lewis is, is finally returning for the Indianapolis Colts, um, and he had, or sorry, I'm not talking about Taekwon Lewis, I'm talking about, uh, um, oh, Kamoko Ture. Uh, so he, last year, had the highest uh, win percentage on, on pass rush attempts uh, across the NFL. He hasn't been available at all this season. He's finally back after nursing an injury to his leg. Uh, so the Colts' pass rush has been dominant this year, and we're actually getting our second best guy uh, on the outside back. So really excited to see his return. Um, the Colts secondary definitely worries me, especially when the Packers are getting Alan Lazard back. Devontae, it seems like he's going to be good to go. Um, so I, I worry that, you know, it, say that Rodgers is able to buy himself some time, I'm sure he'll have his advantages to pick apart the Colts uh, secondary. Um, I'm just going to go with the Colts here. I think if they can run the ball well enough, if they can, they're great at protecting leads. So that's the thing. If they can get up early and run the ball against Green Bay, uh, this would be one of those situations where it's like, hey, if I win the coin toss, I know we, a lot of teams like to defer to the second half, but if I'm the Colts, I know I play well with a lead and I'm good at protecting leads. I would kind of want to take the ball to start off that game. Um, so I don't, I, don't take my advice here is what I'm, I guess I'm trying to say because I probably should be betting on the Packers, but I'm just going to take the Colts here, and I think we catch uh, the Packers at a time where they do have some issues still uh, on the run defense. Uh, their run game has also been kind of shaky the last few weeks. You know, Aaron Jones hasn't been 100%. They've also missed a couple guys for COVID. Um, so I'm just going to take the Colts here to win at home. Don't pay attention to me, though, because I'm probably just being a biased Colts fan. And, and I do I, – I did miss a point. I apologize for that, but you just brought it up with Alan Lazard. Um, at the beginning of the year, obviously, Devontae Adams was the number one, and then it was kind of who's going to dominate between Lazard and, and – uh, Marquez Valdez scantling mm -hmm. um, and I think throughout this whole season before Lazard's injury it, it is obvious that Alan Lazard is a much better player and has a lot more of Aaron Rodgers trust yeah. than, than MBS does and so I think that's going to help them in a big way huge um, yeah so that's just another it's just a point I missed when I was going through it but, but that's just another reason I love the Packers here no yeah the, the way that Rodgers talks about Lazard you know that he's got some trust in him and that's all that that's all that Rodgers needs is to trust you and then he'll he'll start targeting you and giving you these Seriously. looks so um, I, I definitely you probably should should bet the Packers on this one I'm, I'm just gonna throw that out there I just I, I'm not for some reason. Um, so, Ted, let's move on now to Sunday Night Football. We've got two games left. I, I was wrong to you when we were doing the rundown before we started the show. Uh, the, the, the Chiefs and Raiders are actually Sunday Night Football, so we're going to go talk about them. Uh, obviously, they faced off earlier this season. The Raiders got the best of them in a high-scoring game. Um, the Chiefs are 8-1. Their only loss, as I said, was Week 5 to the Raiders. They've won 14 out of their last 15 uh, regular season games. The Raiders are sitting at 6-3. and three. We were talking about it earlier. You know, the, the Browns are one of those teams. They need to keep winning at this point in the season. You're not going to get the division. And so the wild card spots are so important at this point. And, it, and it's tough with Miami and Tennessee. And, and, and you, know, you know, Baltimore is also a wild card team. You know, Pittsburgh has that division too. So it's, it is tough sledding for these teams right now sitting at 6-3 and three, um, when you know you're not going to win the division. And they're not going to catch up to the Chiefs, in my opinion. 
the Raiders are eight-point underdogs, so Chiefs minus eight on the road. Teddy, what do you think about this one? Yeah, uh, to be honest with you, I'm going to go with the Raiders here, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just doing that because I think that the Raiders are a team that um, they, they, they show up when they play these good teams, and the only thing that scares me, to be honest with you, is that they have already beaten the Chiefs this year. In, like, yeah. in, in week five, they beat them 40-32, to 32, and I think that's something that has been consistent over at least these past two years, maybe even these past three years. I can't remember correctly, but the Raiders seem to show up when they play these good teams, which is obviously very important and a sign of a good football team, as well as they've been on this little roll of theirs. Now, do I think they're going to come out of there with a win? And who knows? Probably not. But I do think they will be able to keep it a game with the Chiefs, um, try to hit some deep shots. That they, they have a couple guys with Aguilar and, and Ruggs that they can try to just hit a, hit a shot with. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I'm going to go with the Chiefs plus eight. It, it scares me. We always say don't bet against the Chiefs, especially it's less than double digits. But, but I just think I like the Raiders to hang around. I really do. So I'm going to go with the Raiders. I do too. I like them to hang around. I'm going to take the Raiders plus eight here. They're a good football team. You know, it's not like this is, this isn't the Chargers, you know, if you're the Chiefs. This isn't one of the bottom teams in the league that you get to face. This is a good football team. They're six and three for a reason. They win however possible. You know, I so the, the most impressive win of the season to me was when the Raiders went up to Cleveland and beat them in ugly weather conditions. And it was just John Gruden being a damn good coach. And a lot of people were down on him when he made a comeback to the NFL. And I was like, a, a, for me, my opinion on Gruden was it's like, okay, the roster is bad. Give him some time. You know, you know, you got to start drafting guys that fit what he is looking for. Him and Derek Carr have finally got things going. I got to give credit to Derek Carr. And, and I've said this, I, I think I said it before on this pod too, so I'm probably just repeating myself. But he finally has the same play caller and the same offense for multiple years now. So it's easier for him to get used to the system, and he's been good this year. Um, I I don't think they're going to win. I think the Chiefs are the better team. Um, I think they're the best team in football, but I think the Raiders will keep it close. Uh, I think it'll be within a touchdown. Uh, One thing that I think is interesting to note, just as we saw in a game this past Thursday night, you know, when the Seahawks and the Cardinals faced each other first, it, the, the points, you know, everybody was putting up points in that game. It was a high-scoring game. And, and with the Raiders and the Chargers, it was as well, too. This would be one where I say, okay, the, the over is sitting at 57. I would go under. I just think the second time they see each other, they're going to know more of what they're trying to do to game plan against each other. So I'm going to go a lower-scoring game, um, and I'm going to take the Raiders plus 8, but the Chiefs win. I like that. Perfect. All right, Ted, well, let's finish things off. Monday Night Football, really, really great game. A great way to finish off the week. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams at 6-3 and three are heading to the East Coast, going down to Tampa to take on the 7-3 and three Buccaneers. Uh, the Rams, fun fact, have allowed 18.7 points per game this season, second fewest in the NFL. We were talking about the, the, uh, the Ravens earlier, our first, uh, allowing 18.3. Uh, the Rams are just behind them in scoring defense. Uh, the Buccaneers got back to their winning ways against Carolina, just poured it on offensively. Uh, Buccaneers sitting here as four-point favorites at home. Teddy, I know we already disagree on this game, so I'll let you go first, and then I'll finish it off contrasting your belief. Yeah, I, I mean, we'll see here. Let's see what happens as I go through this. Oh, okay. Um, this game scares me because we have the Rams. Now, the Rams, like I said last week, they didn't really have any – 
big quality wins against any great teams. Um, but then, hey, they come out and they, they beat Seattle, completely dominate them defensively, um, which I think is just a testament to coaching, and I think that's what Sean McVay can always has the potential to do. Um, but then, as I look at this Bucks team, this Bucks team has been a team that I think I've slept on a lot this year, and um, uh, uh, other than a few, I mean, that New Orleans game was, was brutal, but really, other than that, they have looked good in almost every game they've played um which which really just makes me like the bucks and i and i also just think we're, we're coming into week 11 we're coming into this final stretch and, and i just trust tom brady more than i trust jared goff and i also think that i think that we all need to kind of be scared about about antonio brown in in uh, Tampa Bay because he's been getting more and more work over the, like last week he got more work than he did his first week. And, and I mean, you can tell Tom, Tom Brady wants to play with this guy. It's two teams, two teams in a row. He's recruiting him to play there. He's trying to convince the coaches. It's, he's going to be committed to getting Antonio Brown the ball. And he's obviously can do amazing things with it. So, I'm going to keep riding the Bucks here. I am scared because I do like the Rams, and I do appreciate how well they've played and how many times I've been wrong on them, despite them being one of my more favorite teams in, in the league. But I just I think the Bucks have just been dominant. I really do, and I'm just going to pick them to keep it rolling. Yeah, I'm on the opposite side with you. Uh, the, the Rams, to me, are uh, the best roster in the NFC right now. I think they, from from offense to defense to special teams, the NFC is a really tough conference to figure out right now. To me, the AFC is pretty simple. If you're buying into Pittsburgh as much as you are, maybe you think it's closer. But to me, it's obvious the Chiefs are the best team in the AFC. And to me, the NFC is complicated. You've got the Packers, the Buccaneers, the Saints, uh, the Seahawks at times look good, even though you know I've never been a buyer into them. To me, the Rams have the best complete roster in the NFL, and I think that they are going to win this game. I'm going to take them plus four. I love it. Um, and I think we'll be sitting at the end of this game and saying, okay, we have to take the Rams seriously. I mean, you said they haven't had any impressive wins. You're kind of just, at that point, blaming them for not having a tough schedule yet. You know, the only the only impressive... Right, they're, they've only, you know, they're only tough opponents up to this point. You know, they lost by three to the Bills, and they also lost to the Dolphins in that very weird game where it was, you know, special teams touchdowns, defensive touchdowns. Um, but other than that, you know, they, they, they've beaten the Seahawks, the Bears. They just haven't had a tough schedule yet. And so I think, you know, people are just a little too low on the Rams because of who they've had to play. Um, and I think that they're legitimately, you know, if I was sitting here at a point I, I could see a path where they get to the Super Bowl out of the NFC. I really do. I think defensively, I, their defense is so criminally underrated right now. Jalen Ramsey is is the number one cornerback in football. Aaron Donald is a monster. Uh, and the entire unit has been very well coached. They got a new defensive coordinator that used to work with Vic Fangio in Chicago and then Denver. Um, and so he's gotten things figured out for them. I love the Rams plus four. I'm going to take them to win on this one. I, I knew I, I just had a feeling you were going to be on, on the side of the Bucks here. Yeah, for a second I, I doubted myself, but I couldn't do it. Perfect. All right, man, Ted. Well, we, we talked before the show. We were going to kind of pick our favorite uh, bets of the week throughout here. Uh, so before we get going and, and send it into our weekend, what are your three best bets of the week? Yeah, definitely an interesting slate. Um, 
but you know that leads to some good some interesting times so mm-hmm. i am going to roll with the jets you know they're my team i like it so of course if i'm gonna bet on them that's gonna be my favorite bet of the week um i'm gonna take the browns minus three i really just i don't think the eagles are good at all and i think they're just gonna run all over them um and then i'm gonna go with the packers i just think the packers plus one and a half you're giving the packers as underdogs coming into the yeah. to indianapolis i just that doesn't sit right with me, so I'm going with the Packers. Yeah, a seven and two team with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback should not be an underdog to to necessarily anybody. You know, yeah. it was funny. I was hoping that you were gonna pick a game that I was on the opposite side of that would have been my favorite bet because I mean, last week, you know, yes, you got me, you you, you had me, but I was all over Rams one and a half. You had Seahawks plus one and a half, and so I'll take the small and victory. That was the one I wanted most. Tell you that right oh yeah, now. you you said it on the episode. You were like, "That's yeah. this is the one I want the most, and it's not going to go the way I want it." And and yeah. so I'm going to take that small victory. Um, we don't cross paths on any of our best bets this week, so the the listeners are going to get a lot that they love. Uh, I am all over Patriots minus two. I think they win pretty easily there against the Texans, so I love that. I know we don't agree on this game, but I'm all over Ravens minus five. I could even see this being a double-digit one for him. I think that at some point their offense is going to get cooking, and I think Tennessee's defense is bad enough where this can be the spot. And then, look, I just was talking about it a lot. I love the Rams plus four here. I think that they are just the better complete roster. Um, I think that, um, you know, the, the Buccaneers can definitely put pressure on the quarterback at times, but I think the Rams' offensive line has been a lot better this season. Uh, obviously, no Andrew Whitworth for a while hurts because he was being terrific at tackles. So um, we'll have to see how they can rebound from that injury. But I think their defense is so good that they'll be able to do a, a pretty substantial job against Tom Brady in that Bucks offense. So uh, we, we don't intersect on any best bets. So there's there's six bets right there that I'd say go take. Ted, I, I got to agree. I, I like your best bets as well. Jets plus nine and a half is, is a solid one. Browns minus three as well, too. So I think there's yeah. some good stuff out there this week. Yeah, and I almost I almost had the Patriots as, as my third, so right, so, some good ones there. So yeah, some good stuff for this week. Uh, hopefully, you all enjoyed listening to the episode as well. Um, we'll have the graphics out there too. Teddy, I still have to issue out an apology for for not having the graphic the one week that you won. We've both talked about it this past week has been a, a giant shit show for both of us. Just yeah, the world is it's busy. Understandable. Yeah. So uh, any any last words before we get going? Nah, man, just. Let's uh, let's keep it rolling. I finally had a bounce back week, and I just I can't go back to the gutter. I gotta just keep it going. I know, and your bounce back week happened while I had my worst week of the season. Yeah. So hopefully I'll turn things around and, and, and join you on the winning side. So uh, thank you guys so much for listening again, uh, Teddy. It's always been a pleasure, and I'll talk to you soon, man. All right, buddy. See ya. See ya.